This is the K-pop cast. We're here to recap the most memorable year in K-pop, the year 2021. And because there's so much to cover, we'll break this episode into several parts, trends and events, our favorite picks, awards, and lastly, predictions for the year ahead. I'm DJ Peter Lowe, and I'm joined by... Stephanie, your co-host. What's up? This is Amr, a.k.a. Gee Dragon. And last but not least, it's your PD Nim, Michaela. We spoke to a number of you about what you'll remember K-pop by in 2021. So throughout this episode, we'll be airing a few of your special sentient clips uh, for this special episode. Up first... Let's hear from Young Ajima. What's up, K-pop cast? It's your favorite Ajima, Young Ajima. And I think what I will remember 2021 by in K-pop would be rookies. There were a lot of rookie groups that debuted this year, which is not unusual. But the quality of the groups that debuted were amazing. Purple Kiss, for example, blew me out of the water. They were popular even before their official debut. Another one is Cypher, which is a boy group out of Rain's company and just so many others that I really enjoy. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to be bringing towards the future. So 2021 for me, the year of the rookies. Oh my gosh, don't you know I'm a savage? From 2020 to 2021, the pandemic continued. We saw the effects of the global crisis continue, blurring many aspects of this year together with 2020. What year is it? Anyways, however, several events, moments, and trends do stand out for this mm-hmm. year. Right, so like last year we had uh, Dalgona Coffee, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, and COVID. Uh, so this year we got actual Dalgona and also Black Lives Matter and also COVID, right? <laughs> Although new new <laughs> variants for COVID, to yes, be fair. Yes, new variants, new yeah. variants. Yeah. Uh, but hey, let's let's not forget one of the most iconic moments, events that happened this past year. The Brave Girls comeback, in the actual sense of the word comeback. I know yeah. we like to use comeback yes. loosely in K-pop. Came, resurrection. Not just, not resurrection. just in K-pop terms. Right, right when they were looked like they were going to disband, they were all shipping off to go home. Uh, they had a breakthrough moment. Uh, thanks to a fan who did a compilation video of all these different like concerts of them uh, performing and, and military reacting very strongly mm-hmm. to them and uh, how it, the song shot up to the top of the motherboard and rolling, rolling, rolling. their song Rollin' Rollin' or Rollin' and uh, it, they had award show wins, they had new singles and last but not least plenty of healthy memes. Uh, I'll forever remember doing a gig. I played Roland, and then someone brought out a Squirtle doll and started dancing yes. the Squirtle doll to, to Roland. So, <laughs> one of my favorite months from 2021. Ooh. Yeah, mine too. Um, but one of my favorite moments was GOT7 breaking free, breaking out of the JYP dungeon, like leaving yeah. that bad boss behind. And pretty much all the members released solo tracks all in the year that they left JYP. So they have been planning this for a while and I just love that all of the seven members seem so happy and content and uh, actually got to keep the rights to their group name. So they are hopefully going to keep promoting as God 7 Like it's the best end of an era that we could ever ask for. Yes, because we're not using that D word. We've got seven. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's very rare that we have people leaving their companies without any like scandal or issue related to it. So this is yeah. a very su- successful example. Unfortunately, also this year we did have more people actually getting into scandals. This year, the big social issue was school bullying. So we had a bunch of idols taking hiatuses and are, who are still on hiatus from their groups. Um, Hyunjin from Stray Kids being a very notable one. We have Sujin from G Idol, Mingyu from Seventeen, and, and Kihyun from Monster X all kind of getting involved in this this social issue that's you know not just for K-pop idols but all Korean celebrities this year. You think that they would get a better PR playbook for how to respond to these things by now because this is going to become more common as the years unfold. Just more mm-hmm. scandals, more skeletons from the closet that emerge. And you just need to show that you've learned from admit and learn and hopefully learned and then what you're going to do once the scandal emerges rather than disappearing completely. Right. They should hire you, Philo. That's your specialty. <laughs> right. K-pop they PR. should t- take a look at yes. the K-pop cast newsletter. We did uh, an essay about K-pop scandals and transformative justice to describe alternate ways <laughs> that these scandals could be handled. One of the other um, trends that we saw this year is the monopolization of K-pop labels, which I'm sure has been going on for a while, but has definitely come to a head recently with what we formerly knew as Big Hit, BTS's label, um, incorporating under a new name, Hybe, who, and they acquired Source Music, Pledis Entertainment, KOZ Entertainment, and merged with Ithaca Holdings, and also failed but tried to acquire shares of SM Entertainment as well. Uh-huh. And I think there was a headline also of um, the, the big labels in K-pop creating a trade association to uh, enforce copyright claims more easily in other countries outside Korea. I think it's a good move. Uh, the copyright claims, that is. I, I'm not necessarily the, the monopolization. Yeah, high <laughs> controlling the entire industry, especially now yes. with a year where a bunch of low-level labels have had to like disband or completely yeah. because of just you know the pandemic and not being able to yeah. make it. I'm, I'm really glad mm-hmm. that Hype didn't acquire SM. <laughs> SM. And Isuman kind of gave hide the finger and all the things that he yeah. did but, but also <laughs> kind of like face. I don't even really like Isuman but like I love him for this I love him for this yeah but SM yeah. They, they had a real breakout year they took a lot of experiments this year and I think they hit it like and they're, they're poised for success moving forward up next we had the UN Summit BTS in September 2021 spoke fully vaccinated and mm-hmm, danced notably. within the UN chambers promoting global talks about poverty, inequality, injustice, and climate change. And then within the same breath of speaking about climate change, they talked about NFTs. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, no. Classic. I'm, I'm just kidding. Well, actually, it was a separate address, but Hype did say that they're now jumping the NFT battery. Anyway, BTS praised the resilience of young people, saying they were not COVID's lost generation. And... BTS weren't alone in this. Blackpink was named advocates for the UN Climate Change Conference. Hashtag climate action in your area. Keeping on with the policy trend, we actually saw a K-pop label SM take a stronger stance against Sasang fans, the really like obsessive, invasive fans that stalk the idols. This is after the Korean government 
released a new law against uh, acts of approaching or following uh, someone against their will. SM took a step into that area, like relaying an official statement that it will no longer tolerate Sasang fans. So, like, basically, we're all looking at each other like, about time. Dang. (laughs) Like, um, (laughs) idols have had to deal with stalking and violence and all kinds of crazy stuff uh, from overzealous fans for so many decades now. So, um, hopefully, uh, the company and the laws can help protect them moving forward. It'll be a never-ending struggle because K-pop very much encourages this type of fandom. (laughs) True that. Speaking of other crackdowns on illegal issues involving idols, uh, we had a lot of you know, bringing back to the, the scandals. So we've had, uh, you know, a lot of not just the Korean idols, but also we have foreign Chinese idols getting into scandals. Like Lucas, Chris Wu, you know, formerly of EXO, formerly of NCT. We don't know. He's still <gasps> on hiatus. Um, yeah, getting involved in a gaslighting scandal and sexual assault scandals. And, you know. Well, I'm, I'm glad they're, they're being held accountable. Uh, for their actions. Hopefully we can put more power and trust in, uh, in, the, accuse- in the accusers and the vic- victims. In addition to all these crackdowns, China is also taking a hard stand on being anti-celebrity and anti-video games, posing big questions ahead for a entertainment industry looking to make moves in China. So we're not sure what's going to happen just yet for the K-pop scene, but it raises a number of question marks for all parties involved. but again, leading to, you know, K-pop pivoting towards other markets, you know, like US, Europe, you know, uh, obviously, because China is closing up more and more. And this next clip comes from Dr. Arm Jung. Hi, everyone. Uh, For me, 2021 started out as the year that I really loved my bias and did a lot to support him, and then ended as the year that I fell out of love and disengaged with him. I'm sure some of you experienced something similar with the whole torturous grieving or mourning process of deleting photos and throwing out your entire merch collection. But at the end of the day, you can still remember yourself as someone who really loves K-pop, someone who's very enthusiastic and passionate about life and music. And really, it's okay to take some time off and look after yourself before you find yourself a new bias to love. On a separate note, Jay Park continues to show us his true colors with his DNA remix video that he made private after accusations of cultural appropriation. And also his long and uh, very insensitive rant uh, on the YouTube comments, basically uh, dismissing cultural appropriation claims and uh, any type of critics criticism from the black community. Um, and then going further and re-uploading a totally different version of the song after claiming that he did nothing wrong in the first place. Uh, I don't Guilty. know if I need to go into, into more details, but uh, if you're curious, just go read his his rant and I think that says it all yeah I feel like this is a long time coming and just because Jay Parks clearly talented and executes black cultural entertainment so well I think we've let him slide for a long time but this was just a a slap in the face directly at the black community and uh, he was thus dragged for it yeah not that I want to give it hate clicks or anything but like just look at it it's like what you know you're in the hood and this is your dna it's like homeboy you're from seoul korea like what yeah 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 
also, shout out to the uh, PR publicist who said, stop it, Jay Park. And no one listened. <laughs> <laughs> there was yeah. that Twitter thread on that. They have a hard job, yeah. apparently. <laughs> right, right. Keep him away from the phone. And the birds and the bees oh. were in the air. Something was Where in the water this? this past year <laughs> because we had a number of connections made from our Ooh. favorite idols. Maybe they even banged. It's uh, Min and Jisol <laughs> was one. Yeah, Min from Miss A. Yeah, shout out to Min. Mm. She's it, keeping girl. it going. Yeah, follow her solo career. Uh, mm-hmm. Joy and Crush. So cute. Especially if you saw their previous video together. That was right. very cute. Mm-hmm. Both and great singers. No one wants to confirm it, but we all know it. Uh, GD and Jenny. Oh, yeah. Uh, YG Jenny, power why? couple. <laughs> Incestuous family. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I keep saying, yeah, Jenny Jenny dated Kai. Jenny is dating G-Dragon. Has she dated anyone else? Because she seems to be, like, making the rounds of the biggest, baddest, like, <laughs> boys she can get her hands on. I think she's going for Rain next. <laughs> no, I think I think Rain is just just a little too old. I think there's there's too much of an age gap between Jenny. Like honestly, it, it, it's a little creepy between GD I mean, and, look at and the Jenny. Pattern. But, yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's Nat from Not Your Average Netizens and Soju Chronicles. And what I'll remember K-pop by in 2021 is Aspa with Next Level, Shiny, and all the second gens that came back. And got seven. And lastly, the K-pop chat, which was a lot of fun. And hopefully next year it'll be even more fun as we continue along this journey. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. And in the 2021st Hunger Games, we now bid farewell to the Fallen. <laughs> Basically, all the groups who didn't make it are disbanded. I see Eyes One here. Is that how you say their name? Eyes One. Eyes One. Yep. Hot Shot. Yes. Hot Shot. Hot Shot. Hot Shot. I remember them. Good times. G Friend. The one that we really all feel and pour one Dang. out for. Yeah. Especially yeah. after their company was acquired by Hybe. You were hoping that this oh, would be okay. a good move for them. Although, they actually, they're, they're, re- they're resurrected as a three-unit group, so... Anyway, oh, I guess they're not completely oh. dead, but they're no longer Hybe. But still, that was unfair. Yeah. Uh, one team? Or, uh, I don't know. Are they the ones who did Uleli? Yeah, U. Uleli Koleli. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Shows how much I know. <laughs> yeah, they were good. And very good. Aw, very good. They were cute. Lovelies. Dang. They did well last year. Yeah. Miju's well success enough. could not save them. Ouch. Yeah. And many more that I'm sure we just forgot about. <laughs> but these are just uh, <laughs> a few to, to recount. And then as John Yu commented from a recent Twitter Spaces conversation that we had, uh, he tweeted that a lot of trainees have dropped out completely out of programs and a lot of smaller agencies have shut down. Yeah. Probably best not to expect as many mid-tier debuts or comebacks for the foreseeable future. Big agencies will likely consolidate the market. Mm-hmm. This is the same, yeah, the economic trend we were talking about earlier with the Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> All right. Moving on to other trends that we saw this past year. Okay. Yeah, going back to... 
trends for 2021 because uh, like we said mid-tier labels aren't doing so well so uh, agencies are are throwing it all into these reality shows to to possibly get publicity for their groups so uh, most notably girls plant 99 was the big one that was very popular this year um, as well as shows to help promote idols that are already existing like kingdom <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I didn't know about B2B until Kingdom. <laughs> right. Some people discovering SF9, discovering B2B, uh, rediscovering Icon. That's true. Um, yeah, I, and then, I, I did start to appreciate SF9 in a new way. I think B2B, like, reclaimed their, like, a, they found a new identity for themselves, frankly, through that show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One that, that's fit for their age and, and their, their, their status. Mm hmm. And, yeah, um, and ATs also just showed us that they're they're the kings of larger than life Broadway style mm-hmm. productions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then lastly, we have to talk about Street Woman Fighter, highlighting all the amazing, strong, sexy, independent Ooh. women, female dancers in I the see industry. You, Gabby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also the the spinoff Girl Woman Fighter, or wait, Girl Woman Girl. Fighter Street, something. It was spinoff with the kids. (laughs) Hey guys, it's Lai, and what will I remember K-pop 2021 by? There are actually three things. One of them is the comeback of second-gen K-pop groups, as I am a second-gen K-pop fan. Secondly, how fourth-gen K-pop girl groups such as Espa, Itzy, Stacy, Weekly, Ive are literally killing it and taking the world by storm, and our hearts too. And thirdly, how K-pop cast has always invited me to these awesome episodes. Happy New Year. This year, we also were amused and perplexed by the trend of K-pop idol shotgun weddings and babies combo meals. Um, we <laughs> saw idols such as Bobby from Icon, Chansung from 2PM, all of a sudden announce both marriage and a pregnancy <laughs> before like immediately leaving, taking hiatus uh, from the group. And it's just funny to me that, um, that okay, this, this is what we're doing now because it just, it just suggests that uh, the labels are still so afraid of what fans would think if, the, if news about an idol dating someone or marrying someone were to come to light. Um, and it's from an American perspective, I think it's pretty laughable, but um, I guess it's a, a serious thing that uh, you can't announce it until you're ready to just like peace out. What do y'all think? Yeah, did we know that they were dating before any of this happened? I didn't. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, also, I, so. I forgot to say, Tierra's Arim, Taeyang from Big Bang, Chen popping out the like, second baby, yeah. or <laughs> Chen's wife, rather. <laughs> and then, you know, Dongbang Shingi's Changmin, any day now. Yeah, because he got you. married last year. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're, like, all these people who were getting married this year and last year, you know, at any day now, K pop babies. I think it's safe to say that these idols bang. <laughs> no, they don't do that. You know, trends visually this year, we saw short hair. For, for guys was like a big trend you know big notable ones was Astro's Chao uh B.I. Kevin from uh, The Boys Son from 80s Wanho only only in K-pop is this like a trend to comment on it's like what they have short hair what happened right other visual concepts in general we saw Y2K was really big especially with the ladies so like with Taeyeon's The Weeknd Twice the Feels 
uh, Hyunadon's like whole album concept really dumb dumb from Jun So Mi. So like Y2K, I think like you described like thinking like like pink, like shiny, like chunky headbands, chunky heels, like denim on denim on denim, pleated skirts, like I. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of like the, the feel. There, there's so there's so many things that you could list, but like those are just a few. Obviously, not exactly '90s or early 2000s, but very heavily inspired by it. It's like, oh, let me just yeah. It's like a kitsch version of like kitsch. It's, it's like we're seeing like kitsch <laughs> echo throughout the, the the decades. So that's meta, right? Yeah. Right. And another trends, non fungible tokens provide yet another oh, revenue for. <laughs> stream for for <laughs> k-pop labels so obviously given the the collectible nature of a lot of fan engagement and activity a lot of companies want to jump on that in a digital way and take advantage of cryptocurrencies and and burn the planet in the process <laughs> so the boy band ace was actually the first to jump on that trend but then they they stopped and dropped it after a blowback but uh we've seen Everyone else jump on it since. Um, I think it's still early days. Uh, everyone's providing the platform and building that, that network, but uh, maybe we'll soon see this become a thing. Or maybe not. We'll see. Depends on how technically savvy K-pop fans are, in my opinion. Hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully not. And this snippet comes from DJ John. Oh man, there's so much to remember from 2021, from the disbandment of Eyes One and God Seven to the debuts of so many groups and solo artists. And actual music videos looked a lot better with tech and AI happening all over the place. And obviously because of the pandemic, virtual K-pop concerts were huge. I'm really grateful to have been lucky enough to participate in one of them this year. Big shout out to DJ Peter Lowe on that one. Speaking of that, I also thought it was a big year for the K-pop cast because of your weekly chat rooms. So cheers and happy new year and let's hope for some live K-pop shows returning in 2022. And another trend, SM Entertainment took a lot of big experiments, big risks, and they pulled it off. It's up for debate. Well, <laughs> I, I think they hit it. They like, did experiment. Yes. We heard like a tonal, what I would call quote-unquote noise music. I know you kids mean bangers when you, you use that term, but I mean like dissonant sounds together yeah. uh, like songs like Sticka, Sticka, like that, that you know, like <laughs> things that you wouldn't weird things that like you listen to yeah, first. chords that don't match yeah or if you think of like Espa's um savage like the final chorus it's like it's just going like up it's down a different all song. over the place and it's just like where is this going but it's so yeah. what i would call wonderful treasure find wtf <laughs> That it just <laughs> captivates your attention and then it becomes an earworm. Also, okay. hot sauce, very WT, uh, wonderful treasure find. Um, <laughs> so, a lot of big experiments, a lot of dissonant sounds, and maybe that's the trend moving forward. Songs that don't sound great on okay. first pass because they're so WTF, but they actually really stay. So, next level, other songs by Espa. <laughs> yes, next level. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Speaking of breaking boundaries and breaking into the next level, many K-pop idols broke free from the dungeons of their big music labels and found redemption, escape, and success in releasing new independent music or joining another label. I'm talking about Lee Hai, B.I., who actually collaborated together. Um, GOT7 is the biggest example of this all their uh, members yep. yes all their members and who, who who here all came out of JYP got seven Jamie so me sort of ironically now with technically YG <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay yeah you know what that counts you know as, as long as you you did what it takes to 
end the relationship that wasn't serving you anymore and find one that was, you know, we celebrate you here at the K-Pop cast. Yeah. CL also uh, conquering new markets and doing well and Finally. producing new work. Uh, Woojin as well. Yep. The best revenge is being successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only did we have these sort of newer artists having success, we had older artists. So we're talking about like Gen 2 K-pop artists finding success this year. Uh, most notably, we had Ihori, the the queen, the goddess making moves this year, hosting the Mama Awards. So good to see her face back on the scene. Right. She's so gorgeous, Mm -hmm. so cute. And I think think (laughs) the biggest one we have to talk about is the K-pop Renaissance concert, which brought back a bunch of idols. So we had the Nine Muse after school, 2PM had their like return performance on in this concert. Yeah, the after school performance was so good. Yeah. I, I can't believe those lyrics are still in my head. I was singing along. <laughs> also, one of the members danced while pregnant. And then other notable ones we have, as well as 2AM came back, and Tiara, and Shiny. Yep. Shiny also had a really big comeback as all four, all together with a great album right before they lost Taemin. <laughs> Good old Shiny. It was cool to be around when a song actually came out of there since I wasn't there the first time around. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> new, new for all the, the newer K-pop fans. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we're going to get a lot of remakes of these songs, whether we like it or not. Um, I'm looking at you, SM. Okay, and last but not least for trends, Egyo had another great year. Certainly, it's the model for a lot of new girl groups to debut with an Egyo concept, but um, I think we saw some really great Egyo breakthroughs. So I've, Agreed. I guess maybe that's borderline Egyo, um, but their, their song uh, 11 was great. Uh, Stacy, both their songs yep. ASAP and Stereotype, uh, Oh My Girls, Dun Dun Dance, well, Weeklies mm-hmm. After School. These are songs that have uh, captivated what we remember 2021 by in K-pop. And they were Egyo without being annoying, which is a win for me. (laughs) Hey everyone, this is Alexis Oyan, the unofficial, official K-pop cast guest and main visual. What I will remember from K-pop in 2021 will be as a year one ho said, fuck capitalism, free thirst traps for everyone. One ho our Marxist king knew what the people needed throughout the pandemic and he served them hot. Yes, the booty shots might have gone away, but they were nice while they lasted and he's still dropping gems on his Instagram. So it's still a win. I wish I had something more sentimental, but... Yeah, that's my 2021 in K-pop. Up next, it's our personal picks for 2021. So these weren't songs that were the most popular or the songs that were giving the best award, but they speak and mean something to each of us. So Amr, you're up first. What was your pick for 2021? So my pick, it was, it was hard to pick, honestly, but my pick came down to Epic High's Lesson Zero. Um, actually, before this one came out, Stephanie had me listen to epic high i think earlier this year or maybe right before rosario came out or late last year and i went through a lot of their discography and like their lessons one through i think five maybe six but um and they're some of my favorite rappers in k-pop because they actually i think their social commentary is just so much better if not existent where it just isn't with a lot of other artists (laughs) so their lesson series in general is actually really good and um I had a similar revelation myself in my own personal life that they kind of talk about in Lesson Zero, which came out this year. One of the lyrics is, they got us hating ourselves so that they can sell us pills and fiction. And I think 
that and along a lot a lot of the other lines in the song are like really accurate and really speak to um, some of the the problems that we face and uh, how much how much we could combat a lot of the internalized oppression that we have by looking inward and starting to actually become our whole selves instead of trying to prove who we are or buy who we are or like use success or um, any other any other labels to like fill those voids so it was really it was really dope for me it's got to be my song that I'll, I'll i'll always like remember when it plays like oh yeah this song and it'll take me back to this time teach you everything you want but nothing you need that everything's got a price and nothing is free they'll turn everything to nothing they make you believe that everything is under control and there's nothing to see no more lessons please take me back to zero no more teachers no more prophets no more heroes no more lessons, please. Now I see the question to all answers will only bring me to my knees and back to zero. All right. <clears throat> so the song that I'll remember this year by is JB Switch It Up. Baby, I want to switch it up. <laughs> JB mm-hmm. broke out from his label, JYP, um, but stayed with Got7, but went independent this year. I think one of the criteria I used to pick my song of the year last year was do I find myself dancing to it? Have I danced to it in a grocery store with my mom? I think that this song fits that criteria this year. (laughs) Um, Mom and Amr and I learned it uh, here at the house in the living room. We learned the choreography. Uh, It's really fun, groovy R&B body rolls and stuff like that. And uh, for me, it, it, it makes me smile. It represents uh, you know, JB is my favorite member from GOT7 and so to see him who I know is so creative and wants to do more mature R&B songs and less pop to see him just get to fulfill his destiny as a sexy R&B crooner <laughs> outside of yeah, JYP so it, just, cool. it just like makes my year so this was the year of JB for me and he really was uh, switching it up The song that I will always remember 2281 by has to be Espa's Yuppie Yuppie. It was the B-side off of their debut album. And in general, this was the year of Espa for me, but Yuppie Yuppie has to be that that song that is the reason why I love K-pop. It's that immediate happy serotonin boost that, you know, got me through the really tough times this year. And it just has that self-hype message that, you know, no matter what anybody says, you know, I am strong. I am the happy virus. I am tough. I am dazzling. Yippee, yippee, Yes, I am beautiful. Yippee, you're gonna love. Yippee, you're gonna love. 
was a song I hated at first. Oh, really? It, Lisa's money. I, I, I saw it at first. Ow. I listened to it. I'm like, what the heck? What is she doing? If she was really like a good Asian <laughs> talking about money, she would talk about compound interest, investing, you know, <laughs> planning for your 401k, retirement planning, all these other things. Um, buying a house, maybe, you know, that that's the, the really the good Asian money way. But instead, she goes through all these appropriating no. ways of like, let me twerk. It's like, that, that's not a good not, way to not, make really? money. That's Asians not very don't scalable. talk about do- dollars on my ass tonight. That's, no, dollars. Not an Asian cultural. No, theme. not no. not exactly. Nor nor do I. I don't think you make that much money from that either. So I, I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, for your time, there's ways you can make more money. But uh, yeah, it's just very out of character for, you know, this this petite Asian girl who, who's already doing very well to talk about twerking in, in the U.S. and getting bans and, and whatnot. So um, anyway, for those reasons, I hated it. But then, like, as I'm like hating it, I'm like, oh, but it is a really good song. Mm. And I really mm-hmm. love all the ways that they're like using the sound effects to, you know, underscore accentuate each of these parts of the song. And the choreography for as out of character as it is for, you know, mainland Asian pop idol to do this sort of choreography. It is really good choreography it's really good. for the concept. So it's doing really well on US Airplay even. I'm seeing it in my DJ pools and it's, it's, it's making it. So it's my song of the year because it's my favorite song, even though I hate it. <laughs> At first, maybe, uh, I don't know. Peter but... is grinning ear to ear saying this. That's how you know it's true love. This is what it means to be a guilty pleasure. So yeah. Yeah. And now, the K-Pop Cast Awards. So these are the songs that we discussed, debated, and we decided who would be the winner for each. Obviously, each of these awards are not a comprehensive list, um, but they're the ones that we discussed. Hey, these are the songs that deserve attention, praise, recognition. So, on that note, let's start off with the category to get us canceled (laughs) and hated by the biggest fandoms in the world. Um, The award category is the song we want to forget. So... The nominees are everything BTS released this year. So uh, permission to oh, dance, yeah. <laughs> uh, butter. Yep. Actually, they, they really backtracked really hella fast from permission to dance. They're promoting butter instead of permission to dance, which tells you something. Um, Lisa's uh, La Lisa, Twice the Scientist, and CL Spicy. And the winner Ooh, is this is a tough one. BTS is permission to dance as a song we Ouch. really want to forget. It felt the message of that song felt very premature in the uh, global health crisis.
I mean, well, I I think the real reason is one that we've discussed on the show at length multiple times is that Permission to Dance is yet another release that is all in American English and blatantly, shamelessly just panders to a corporate commercialized, uh, not even an audience. It's not even for people. It's it's a song to get, uh, you know, forced into corporate trainings or play in an airport or play in a school, yes. play in an elevator. Um, yeah. it's And to see how different this is from what BTS came out with in their early years uh, continues to disappoint us fans here at the show. Absolutely. Like, it's like, it's not even a song written for BTS. No, it's, right. it's like the Ed Sheeran song would have done really well for like musicians of different vocal styles, and this is just outside of their comfort zone. Like they should have done a song that's right for BTS, mm, but maybe it sells corporate training. All right, so continuing on the cancel train, let's move into the next station here. Uh, the award for biggest disappointment of 2021. Our nominees are uh, Astro One, Chungha, Killing Me. CL and her entire Alpha album, Queen Wasabi and her song Jay Park, and then BTS. What are you doing here? Once again, the BTS Coldplay collaboration. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think we are going to go with Queen Wasabi. We all were hoping to have a whole queen reign over Mm -hmm. the K-pop scene after her breakout hit, I Forgot, was released late last year. But her songs, uh, The Plug Boy and especially Jay Park, very (laughs) ill-timed. Along with being a bad song. Jay Park for being Jay Park, it's like, oh, but yeah. Yeah, come on, girl. Get out of here. You, you still have time to come back. We're, we'll be waiting for you, but um, yes. we hope that receiving this award uh, can serve as motivation for that comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, it's the best Western-friendly song, or the song best fit for Top 40 radio airplay. Um, so the nominees are Jackson Wang, Leave Me Loving Your LMLY, Lisa's Money, Sweetie, Best Friend, uh, the Jamie remix, of course, so Jamie uh, adding her own verses to that song, Monster X, The Dreaming, BB's The Weekend, the vampire-themed remix, Twice as the feels and Momoland's Wrap Me in Plastic. Momoland? Yeah, they, they did a thing with Chromance. Anyway. Oh, wow. Obviously, it's forgettable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the winner <laughs> is we discussed, we debated, and it goes to Jackson Wang's Leave Me Loving You. Yes. Now, that was not my favorite Jackson song released this year. I want to give a big shout out to his activities with Pan the Pack. If you all have not checked out Pan the Pack, like go find their album right now. All of that is Western friendly, top 40, Chinese and English fusion uh, buffet. It's awesome. 
He's been uh, making these kinds of Western <clears throat> friendly songs for a while. I have, uh, you know, Bullet to the Heart and Hundred Ways. So I think he really, yeah, is showing his skill here. Also, shout out to Team Wang for doing radio airplay promotion strategies correctly. Oh, yeah. Paving the way. Don't leave me loving you. Moving on to our next category, it is Sad Boy Slash Girl Hour Song, a.k.a. the song you want to cry into your pillow to. <laughs> our nominees are B.I. Slash Lehigh's Savior, Wujin's In My Room, Leo's I'm Still Here, TXT's Loser Lover, BB's Life is a B, Monster X The Dreaming, and Hyolin's To Find a Reason. And a quick pause right before we announce the winner. I guess Spoiler. BB's like song was just like the epitome of like sad <laughs> existential dread. Like, oh my gosh, life sucks. And that's what it is to live life. Life is a beat. But go on. Feeding him, I was out. Out. out that ruled. song did not win. <laughs> yes, the song. The winner actually is Bujin's "In My Room." Why? Yeah, I. <laughs> I feel like this is kind of my, my category, and like I had the biggest push here, but I had to give this to Wujin. Once it's a sad ballad. Two, I feel like Wujin was again one of those solo singers who kind of, like, this is a song that really speaks to his experience, and like just kind of the rough few years that he's had you know like savior you know talks to you know bi you know overcoming his own personal issues this is a song that is you know really true to who wujin is and i feel like we can all relate to that you know feeling of when you're just alone and in your thoughts and really just like getting hard on yourself about all the bad things that are happening in your life and this is a song that i think helps get you through that I'll have to give it another listen. Thank you.
and it's the section we've all been waiting for. You tune into the K-pop cast. You mean song of the year? For just best this choreo? section. Best new it's artist? the best Soyeon song award oh, section. No. <laughs> Featuring Peter. How did this get in here? <laughs> Bad bitch number. No, Peter, we talked about this. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Want to be featuring Shinee's key. Thank you. Which which one is your favorite though, Peter? Um, this is bad bitch number. It's probably my favorite. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. That would that would be my favorite as well. Right. Okay, but the real next category. <laughs> is uh, best voice slash vocal of 2NE1. This Uh, was so hard. Yeah, so we've got... I still don't know. Wendy, Baekhyun, Jamie, Lehigh, Gaho, Thama, Ayu, and Yesam. Oh, Yesam. And of course, the winner is Gaho for this year. What do you mean, of course? (laughs) well you really have to think like this yeah yeah, obviously all amazing vocalists that's the reason they're nominated but gaho you know covering multiple genres having such a breakout year after you know riding the wave of that one hit from the park so june drama yeah i I feel it and then coming out with a full length album which again covers covering multiple genres multiple sounds I feel like he had the best year as far as vocalists for 21. To anyone. Well, congrats, Gaho. Wait, hold on. I want to give a bigger shout out to Thama here. I'll just say that my dad is not a K-pop fan, but I showed him a live performance from Thama and he actually nodded in approval and said, I like this. (laughs) So Thama is able to uh, pull in non-K-pop fans from the you know, generation that <laughs> that appreciated like 70s black music and that vocal style. So I just really wanted to give Thama the honorable mention he deserves here and look forward to seeing even more uh, releases next year. All right. So <clears throat> best new artist of 2021. One of the most exciting things about K-pop is all the new acts that come out all the time. So... That's uh, our nominees list for this year is Ive, Luminous, Purple Kiss, Pixie, Bugaboo, Tribe, NCT 1.8 build 926. <laughs> That's the world population. Yeah. Yes, the world population NCT and Omega X. I want to just give a quick, maybe a little spoiler, honorable mention to Luminous because uh, they did a special... Uh, introduction for us uh, and a shout out to all our fans and their song run is super dope yep. so check it out but our winner is Pixie 
Yeah. I mean, they're, they're coming with a dark concept. Girl Crush Banger Clan. Mm-hmm. Yep. We love that as yeah. a K-pop cat. Great audio, great choreo. Great yeah, facials, for... acting. Oh, really fresh. Chef's kiss. Really fresh. Breakout of the year. So these are artists, sure, they, maybe they've been around for a while, but they're having a really stellar comeback or they're really killing it. They're reclaiming the spotlight. So the nominees are BB, Soyeon, oh, I'm noticing trying to hear some of my biases, uh, SF9, <laughs> only one of, Ooh, my bias. Uh, Somi, Somi, I think really claimed her, her concepts this year. She really nailed it. And Brave Girls. And the winner is, to no one's surprise, Brave Girls. <laughs> yes. Give them all the awards. Yeah, they have a real breakout. And uh, <clears throat> one of my personal favorite categories uh, this year, we have a K-hip-hop and K-rap category because uh, this genre in K-pop really slaps. And uh, I think it's about time we got a little recognition. So our uh, list of nominees is B.O., Juno Flow, Epic High, Jesse, Bobby, B.I., and Changmo. They all nailed it this year, um, like big time. Definitely Bobby and Juno Flow, huge fans of uh, their tracks. But our winner, our ultimate award receiver for this category <laughs> is Changmo. Yes. Because he was all over it, all over it this year. Jackson, Genius, Language, Trade Out, UWAP, BOTB, just so many so many epic tracks from Changmo this year. Yeah, he's, well he's been done. grinding in the scene for a minute now, so well deserved. <laughs> Next award is for the most innovative, boundary-pushing song or concept. The nominees are Anyeun Tangui, 
only one of Libido, <laughs> Nam, <laughs> I Can't Wait, and Shanadan, Ping Pong. Gosh, this was a tough one. But at the end of the day, we had to give it to only one of Libido. Because everyone's oh. minds were really shocked. Like, sure, maybe it was subtle, but like that subtle detail, everyone... Was it subtle? Well, okay. <laughs> maybe you're right. Not, not so subtle. There were some hands on crotches. And, and minds were blown. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we shoot. look forward to seeing more of this in the coming years push that boundary yeah yes please and then honorable mention to nam for me just because i thought they their style is really yes. unique so. they paved the way they need more attention Right. <clears throat> Speaking of, our next category is Ho Anthems. H E A U X. Ho Anthems. H E A U X. And uh, our our nominees for this category are Ashby Part Time, Queen Wasabi, I Forgot, C L Taya Cherry, Jesse Cold Blooded, Chung Ha Bicycle, and Nada Spicy. I think all of these were hit replays on the show at some point. We clearly have a biased style on on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I am excited to see this subgenre explode in the K-pop scene. Honorable mention to I Forgot, of course. uh, Worth checking out. But the winner is the best, the biggest hoe of all (laughs) 2021. Ashby part time. Yes. <laughs> and if that comes as a surprise, you just gotta watch the video. <laughs> if if it's a surprise, you just haven't been paying attention, honestly. Like right. really. It, it, it's not only a good song, but I mean like it turns all the boys into the music video to hose as well. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Part time hose. Yeah. Part time nugget hunger bitch bitch. Part time you get Peter up a bitch. Alright, on another different side of things, it's time for Aegyo Rainbows and Sunshine and Virginal Concepts. So, um, they can tell yeah, you yeah, you work. put these two together. <laughs> uh, Stacy's nice ASAP, Stacy's stereotype. Uh, okay, same arts, but are uh, we please after school? <laughs> All the girls says dun dun dance. Uh, Cypher is I like you, and don't kiss is crazy night. Um, it was a very hard discussion All debate. Of these are good. We had an Ego battle royale. We even consulted the Twitter community, and after all that discussion, we decided on. Weekly is after school. The bridge of that song was just iconic. Um, certainly, all these other songs are catchy. We love these songs. Maybe some of these songs are even better songs. Uh, but after school was the one that is legendary, is memorable, um, and what we'll remember in 2021. But.
on to one of my favorite awards, the Best Dance Choreography Award. The nominees are Espa, Next Level, and Hypen, Drunk Dazed, Hoshi, Spider, Jesse, Cold-Blooded, Kai, Peaches, Itzy, Swipe, there's a lot of these, Sunmi, Tail, and Kang Daniel, Paranoia. Gosh, I want to give a special shout out here to Paranoia. This was just like zombie thriller inspired horror choreo done so, so, so right. Um, but the award goes to Hoshi for Spider because this choreography pushed the boundaries in terms of using props in a really creative way. Everyone should check it out. All right, I think we're, we're still debating this last category, but it's the best. Right, this is where the fight begins. Okay, now, All right, now, here we go. now the fight begins. <laughs> Gloves are on. So it's the best noise music. I, I, it pains me to say that because I know you kids are using it incorrectly, but we're going to go with what <laughs> we know what you mean by that, that term. What about the K-pop cast term for this? <laughs> Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a good one. For you. Okay, yes. so um, nominees are Bobby's You Mad, to the surprise of no one, Everglow's two songs, so uh, First and Pirate, uh, 80s is The Real. That's, this is my contender for Best Banger Clinger. Um, Stray Kids is Thunderous. Um, maybe their song Christmas Eve will flip it. Hey, sorry, Kung. Yeah. Um, P1 Harmony Scared, almost like an anti meta, anti banger clanger, clamp banger clanger. Um, Dreamcatcher is because Omega X is Vominos and MCND is Crush. <laughs> so what? I think we, wow. we were, right before this recording, we were at each other's throats because it was between P1 right. Harmony and ATs, right? Yes. This is probably the hardest category for the K-pop cast, guys. <laughs> Yeah, this this might be our favorite genre of K-pop is banger clangers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and by the way, these yeah. nominees aren't a complete list. There are a lot of other, you know, you know, fun banger clangers. But what is the most bangery yeah. clangery? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had a soft spot for you, Mad Ever- Everglow's first, AT's the real Christmas Evil, and P1 Army. Dang. And crush. So Gotta choose one. <laughs> I was useless. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, P, P1 Harmony came through with what did you call it? The just like actually banging like glass and pots and pans together. Things were actually broken. <laughs> with, yeah, things were broken. With the scare. To produce this song. Yeah. And I just, I, that just like blew me out of my seat. And it has the same impact on me every time. So it's, it's really it's so unique. High. It's different. As soon as it starts. You're just like, whoa. whoa. Yeah. Did you introduce the song, Peter? I, I mentioned it in the rundown. Yeah, we, we went through okay. the, the nominees. So I don't know. Yeah, that's that's my pick. What are you going to say, Petey? Well, no, I was just say, and the winner is P1 Harmony Scared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we mentioned that. But yeah, P1 Harmony Scared, guys. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah, but AT's a- special mention for the real yeah, there. Is, is the real winner. I, I'm just saying, like, you know. <laughs> it's <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Get out of here. Okay, whatever. It's a great concept. Really yeah. good concept. It's the concept of a banger clanger. It's like That's Japanese true. school animes realize in a it banger is. concept. So 
I didn't think about that. You're right. Okay. Cool. It's the moment you've been waiting for. The song that bests all other songs of 2021. The song. The best song. The song of the year. Song of the year for 2021. And that song is... Well, wait, hold, hold up. Uh, how did we decide on this song? So uh, it wasn't necessarily yeah. what was the most popular, what got the best reviews, you know, by critics. I or mean, but, but it was a song that uh, pushed the boundary of K-pop mm-hmm. in some way, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Contributed to K-pop in a significant way. Audio, lyrics, concept, the personal stories of the artist. Mm-hmm. And so the nominees are Taemin Advice, Ashby Part-Time, Epic High, Rosario featuring CL Zico, Beckyun's Bambi, Bobby You Mad, and Stacy's ASAP. And the winner is Epic High Rosario. I mean, Epikai, CL, and Zico, all of them are OGs. It's great to see them at the top of their game in 2021. Just amazing. Amazing. Yeah, so this was the song that paved the way for paving the way. It conquered all boundaries and every dimension that you can conceive and and think of it. And I I like that Remy said, like, well, sure, maybe people who followed Epikai paved the way, but just a little bit further. (laughs) Like, <laughs> Getting longer. Yeah, just, just elongated that, that road paving in Korea's mm-hmm. highly competitive road paving industry. Yes, and just the song Rosario itself, from the first few seconds, you get pulled in by the stripped down, it's almost Spanish guitar, Tarantino, old Western uh, type of soundtrack. You expect for people to get killed in the video, and yes, they do. Right? <laughs> so it just all ties together cohesively, and it never gets old for me. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that could be considered K-pop and not even K-pop. It's sort of like consensus that it's category. It's larger than life. Yeah. Do what I wanna say what I wanna. Silence. 
And last section, our predictions. So last year in 2020, we predicted label-driven podcasts, virtual K-pop and real worlds combined with AR and whatnot, um, a growing prevalence of short-form content, uh, reality-only debuts, and um, what was this, K-pop chat? Uh you just mentioned from the K-pop chat. The return of 2021. Oh, from last year. Um, a breakout oh, year man, for Ace, Luna, 21. and One Us. And it seems like almost none of those came true. <laughs> Dang. So we're, we're like 0 for 0 right now. So but that being said, it's still fun to guess what we'll see in 2022. Yeah, K-pop is it's more unpredictable than you might yeah. think. You know. I mean, I would give us at least half credit, uh, Pilo, for your virtual K-pop and real worlds combined. We're getting more digital stuff with Espa and with the NFTs yeah. and all that. So yeah, it is moving, moving in that, in direction. that direction. And, and virtual concerts, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, what's your prediction for next year, PDM? Uh, so my pick predictions basically follow all the predictions that we had from our K-pop chat, which were uh, more GOT7 solo stuff, uh, more yeah. K-pop babies, more K-pop families. You know, babies. getting more variety. Um, hopefully, maybe like an androgynous girl group concept coming Ooh. out, you know? Yeah. Mm. And then again, hopefully, you know, P1 Harmony have a breakout year. That'd be great yeah. for them. Yeah. And my prediction for 2022 is that COVID is here to stay for the indefinite future, which means we're probably no. going to see that reflected yeah. in a lot of business practices and models and content. So probably more virtual concerts. Um, more We Lost the Summer type yeah. songs. Uh, maybe, maybe fewer of those. <laughs> um, things that just do well for COVID environment and world uh, that we're going to live in, whatever that means. Um, and then mm-hmm. I think SM is we're really going to hit it. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm signed up. I'm not into Zuckerberg's metaverse. I'm into the Kwong universe. So I'm ready <laughs> for that, that reality. <laughs> yep, yep. So I, I predict next year that you know dance and dance-related reality shows, survival shows, will really take off. We saw Street Woman Fighter. Where's the male version? Where's the toddler version? Where is you know <laughs> you know? In, in addition to dance, uh, I hope and I think we will see reality shows that uh, you know pit. Uh, people against each other for who is the best PD Neem, who is the best costume designer or makeup artist. I think that would be pretty fun. You think we'll see digital dance-off reality shows? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like the virtual idols? Yeah. So my, my prediction for 2022, which is more actually just uh, my wish um, for for Santa, is to have more ho anthems. <laughs> Keep them coming. This was like such a refreshing year. And I hope that uh, that genre just keeps growing. I think growing. we're, we're going to rename the show. Like, it's not like called the K-pop cast. It's like K-pop ho anthem cast. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. That's all we, we talk about and pay attention to. I just like to have somebody counting Hannah Dual set net and bananas. How many bananas <laughs> that she's got. <laughs> oh, yeah. Queen Wasabi, come back. All right. So... Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. Can't wait to see what 2022 has in store for us. This was so fun. Obviously, we tried to cover a lot of ground. We didn't hit everything, though. I mean, like we didn't talk about twice. It's the all the other TXT and Dang, hype. Not even once. Lots of other groups that You're had right. a lot of commercial appeal, popularity, but we didn't get a chance to cover. But just don't have yeah. the time, y'all. It's only the best. Too much K-pop to handle. Yeah, okay. And from everyone at the K-pop cast, thank you and have a happy new year. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, everybody.
Yeah, we're here for the BTS. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba.